K-pop Pillow Talk includes graphic content that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to K-pop Pillow Talk. I'm Millie. I'm Nuts. We forgot to mention this last episode. <laughs> Y'all, did everyone see Mr. So Chang Bin doing the Love Me Like This dance by Edmix? Because... Because if you haven't paused this, open TikTok, go watch it. Like it's so good. It. I had to like do a double take <laughs> because I was like, oh my god, look, it's Changbin. Then I started dancing. I was like, oh my god, wait, that's Changbin. Oh my god, it's Changbin. <laughs> I literally. It was the first TikTok I saw when I woke up. His muscles were on full display. He a little ripped jeans. Yeah, he was out there looking scrumdiddly upshift. <laughs> bodying that dance yeah no it was really good he even he got the hips and yeah. everything a lot of people stop before that I part know. yeah which it's it's my favorite part of the dance so like <laughs> i don't know why people do that but he went all the way in i was even landing post very good very good i love that man yeah <sighs> not be your boyfriend yes yes you can, yes, you, can. <laughs> you don't even have to ask <laughs> No questions asked. No questions asked. I will leave a key for you. So <laughs> oh, sorry. I just uh, we had to get that out because as soon yeah. as Nods asked me when we were about to start recording, I was like, "Yes, I did see it, <laughs> and yes, we should talk about it." Yeah, because I just, uh, as y'all may or may not remember, I am a three racha bias. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So you know what. Uh, it was a good. It was a good way to start my morning. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Feeling bad? Go watch that video. <laughs> Save it for your gloomy days. <laughs> uh, Nods has a K-pop song stuck in her head right now. Yeah, and we can't figure out what it is. Yeah. I feel like it's a Seventeen song, and I'm just—it's like on the tip of my fucking tongue. Yeah, I don't know, and I can. It's funny because like I can hear the first half of it being Seventeen, mm-hmm. but then the second half. I feel like it's a girl group, um, but I don't know. So, so it goes the the specific part that's stuck in my head. It's like, um, I'm pretty sure that's ha- that it has to be the bridge of the song, but yeah, I cannot figure out what it is. I've posted it on my M1CK3Y Instagram account, and no one has responded. That's like I can hear it. <laughs> I swear it's I think that part specifically that I feel like is a girl group, but then the first part, the like that could be seventeen. So I don't know, I don't know, but it's really driving me crazy. I just need to know what song is stuck in my head. Yeah. So Nas posted it on M1CK3Y. Yeah. And no one has, people have liked the story, but no one has answered yeah, what it is. 134 people have seen it. One, two, three, four, five, six people have liked the story. No answers, though. So I'm I'm actually losing it. I have way too many K-pop songs saved on my Spotify to be going through them trying to figure out what it is. So, yeah. If I haven't figured it out by the time this episode goes up and someone recognizes it, please immediately DM. <laughs> even if, like, I don't even care if you think, oh, maybe, maybe Nods has like figured it out already. I don't care. DM me it anyway. <laughs> please. 
on, on the off chance that I have not figured it out yet because it will bother me for a very long time. Yeah. Anyway. We left off on a cliffhanger. We left off on a cliffhanger. Um, Sammy and Danbi are en route to Sammy and Yunjun's house after a heated argument. Yeah. At the lunch table. Yeah. Sammy seems to be in a much clearer headspace, ready to figure it out, talk through it. Danbi is like, oh shit, I really like blew everything up back there. <laughs> uh, feeling lost and confused. Like, oh my God, do I go back to Busan? What do I do? Don't go back to Busan. Don't go back to Busan. Coming from someone whose flight instinct is very strong, and I so often just leave situations, just walk away when things are not going well, when I'm feeling very uncomfortable and like whatever. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be like me. So let's read some fan fiction. All right, so this is part eight of Hometown. We're in Donby's point of view. What kind of tea would you like? Sammy asks as we step through the door. She peels her shoes off and puts them on the cupboard. I have green tea, herbal tea, black tea, or coffee? I can make you coffee too. Green tea is fine, I smile and place my <laughs> shoes next to the step going up to the hallway. She nods and motions for me to follow her. The short hallway leads to a large open living room surrounded by floor-to-ceiling windows. The mountains that encircle Seoul stretch out against the horizon while the Han River carves a winding path through the concrete and high rises below. See those floor-to-ceiling windows? Exhibitionism. <laughs> Sammy Yunjun? It's nice, isn't it? Sammy says from the kitchen, noticing how I've slowly made my way through the windows to see the city below. We got really lucky finding this apartment. June looked for months, but we couldn't find anything inside Seoul, she explains as she fills the kettle with water. But then he found out a friend of a friend was selling this apartment. She sets the kettle on the stove and turns on the heat. Just based on the location alone, I was ready to say yes without even looking at it. She laughs, pulling out two mugs from the cabinet. But as soon as we did a tour, we both fell in love with it and thought it was perfect. I press my lips into a thin smile and nod. It's pretty perfect. You're only 20 minutes from the office, and this view is incredible. I turn to look out the window again, pushing a strand of hair behind my ear. Finding a place to live in Seoul is hard. I looked for months when Subin moved here, but I couldn't find anything that I could afford, so I had to stay in Ansan, and I was interrupted by the kettle's whistle. Sammy smiles apologetically and picks it up. Sorry about that. She pours the water into the mugs and glances at me. So you had to stay in Ansan? Yeah, it's partly why things didn't work out between us. I glance down at my feet and push my hair back again. But now I live in Busan, so I don't know. I chuckle nervously as she brings the mugs over. Oh, thank you. I take the mug and she motions for me to sit on the couch. She blows on her tea, looking up at me through her eyelashes. That must have been hard for you, when you lived in Ansan, I mean. She pauses for a moment and she sets her mug down over her lap. I remember when Yanjun and I first started dating. How hard it was to find time for each other. She pauses and nods, taking a sip out of her mug. And we lived in the same city. I can't imagine how hard it must have been if we lived in different places. I nod and take a sip out of my own mug as I glance around the living room. I'm about to ask her about some of the pictures on the wall when she suddenly puts the mug down on the coffee table. Sorry, I have to take the 20th bathroom break of the day. <laughs> Real. That's actually one of my favorite. I know it's terrible, but it's one of my favorite, like, things about pregnant people the fact that they have to pee that often <laughs> i just think the bit is so funny yeah. like it's the one thing i'm never gonna be pregnant but if i was it would be my favorite bit <laughs> like i yeah. think i would just make up random shit yeah and be like oh sorry 20th <laughs> phone call or like i would just change it every time anyway that's that's my two cents about that 
She chuckles and gets up, waddling over to the bathroom. She closes the door, and I'm left alone with the faint sound of traffic outside and the humming of the air purifier. Glancing around the living room, I get glimpses into their life. Pregnancy books sitting on the counter, photos of Sammy and Yunjun next to pictures of their family and friends. I notice some of Subin, too. The three of them smiling at the camera, group pictures of them out and about, memories they share together that I don't know about. The toilet flushes and Sammy turns on the faucet. I smooth down my pants and grab my mug to take another sip of tea. Sorry, I'm back, Sammy announces, appearing in the living room. She takes a deep breath in and sits back down next to me, grabbing her mug again. So, Danby, she starts. The words send a jolt up my spine, but I try to remain calm. I wanted to talk about what happened, she continues, pausing for a moment to exhale. I, um, I want to apologize for how I reacted. She glances back down at her lap, rubbing her thumb over the top of her mug. I think I felt overprotective of Subin, and I let that get in the way of getting to know you. I'm really sorry about that. She turns her attention back to me. The light from the window makes her hazel eyes look almost green. I press my lips together and nod, averting my gaze back down to my hands. And about the, you know, threesome, she lowers her voice and looks away, too. It truly didn't mean anything, okay? She looks at me again, this time earnestly. I know it feels weird to know that that happened, but, but trust me, it was years ago, and no, it's okay, I laugh nervously. You don't need to explain yourself. I'm sorry, too. I got defensive and insecure and didn't react well. I turned my gaze to the white coffee table in front of us. There were a lot of things going on for me. I was upset with Subin about something that happened this morning. We were supposed to have lunch together to talk about it, but then you guys were there and you had no idea who I was. What do you mean? At this, my voice breaks a little. It was just a lot. Sammy places her hand on my lap and presses her lips into a thin smile. I understand. Us being so suspicious of you probably didn't help either. I take a deep breath in and look back down at my lap. Yeah, I could tell you two weren't happy I was there. But to be honest, I wasn't super thrilled to see you guys either. I understand, she giggles, and then turns to look at me again. But I want you to know that we can talk about it, okay? It happened right before Subin met his ex, and it was kind of awkward then, too. So I don't mind clearing the air if we have to. I nod and we fall silent again, pausing to take sips of our teas. Sammy puts hers down first and stares down at the floor like she's considering what to say. Danby, can I ask you something? I swallow back at the sudden knot in my throat and nod. Yeah, sure. When we were in the cafeteria, you, um, I felt like you weren't just angry about what happened between me and Subin. She looks at me quizzically. I hum a response and nod along. You kept calling me perfect. She looks back down at her hands, fiddling with her bracelet. Yeonju didn't have a lot of time to explain what happened between the three of you in detail, so I probably don't have the whole story yet. But why are you calling me that? She gazes back at me, a pained look on her face. Oh, um, I shift in my seat and gaze at the spot between my feet. It's gonna sound weird, I laugh nervously. But before Subin and I broke up, you and Yeonjun actually came up a lot. Sammy furrows her eyebrows and tilts her head to the side. What do you mean? Yeonjun would tell Subin that I wasn't cut out for a relationship with an idol because I wasn't as understanding and accommodating as you. He would compare me to you all the time. He did? Yeah. I, I mean, it's true that I didn't handle it well, but it wasn't as simple as me, quote, not being cut out for it. Subin had just debuted and he was the leader, so it was hard for him too. But he didn't really try to make it work, you know? It wasn't just me being difficult. Sammy stays quiet and turns her attention to some invisible spot on the floor. Her body tenses up and she lets out a small laugh. It's funny that he would say that. What do you mean? That I was understanding and accommodating. I mean, I didn't really have a choice. She laughs again and turns her attention back to me. What else was I supposed to do? He was the only person I had in my life at the time. Her eyes become watery and she lets out another small laugh, shaking her head as a tear rolls down her cheek. I scoot closer to her and lean in. Sammy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, it's okay, I'm just emotional right now. She sniffles with a laugh and wipes a tear from her cheek. 
Yanjin and I have always been happy together, but believe me, things were far from perfect all the time. I can imagine. She swallows back and pauses for a moment to look at me. Her smile is weighed down by the heaviness in her eyes. I know I invited you over so we could clear things up, but I... She sniffles again and a tear rolls down her cheek. I'm sorry, she laughs and wipes it away. These hormones. (laughs) No, it's okay, I smile. You can tell me. She swallows hard and looks down at her lap. It's not the first time I've heard comments like that, you know? People think everything is perfect just because I keep my head down and I don't complain. She pauses again and takes a deep breath in. Don't get me wrong. I love my life and I love Yanjun. But it's not what people think it is. I know, I say, nodding along while I look down at my thumbs. My friends would make similar comments when Subin debuted. They'd call me lucky and get upset that I would complain about how hard it was. I trail off and then look back at her. I'm sure it was hard for you too, but you always seem to handle it so well. At least that's what Yeonjun told Subin. She stays quiet and gazes down at her hands, her long brown hair falling over the side of her face. Her fingers trace the shape of gold chain on her wrists up and down its length as she holds tension in her shoulders. I open my mouth to say something, but she pipes up suddenly, keeping her eyes on her wrist. You know, when, um, when Yeonjun and I met, I was already in a relationship, she says, and then looks up at me. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was abusive, she explains, glancing back down at her lap. But I didn't know it at the time. I was so insecure and felt so trapped that I thought it was normal. She pauses and continues to look down at her lap, fiddling again with her bracelet. Yeonjun knew right away that my ex was an asshole. At this, she turns to look at me with a grin. He also had a huge crush on me. We both <laughs> giggled together, and she glances back down at her lap. But I was so scared to leave my ex. Even though he was in the U.S. and I was here, the fear I felt was so real, you know? Yeah, I can imagine, I nod, and I listened to her attentively. Yeonjun was so patient and kind. He waited for me and fraught for me. She smiles and looks at me again. So how could I be anything less than perfect for him, you know? I wanted to be the perfect girlfriend for him. I wanted to be the girlfriend who always said yes, who always had a smile on her face. She says, pointing to herself. I wanted to make him happy. I felt like that was the least I could do after all he did for me. I nod along, watching a tear roll down her cheek as it falls on her lap. Coming out of an abusive relationship is confusing, she continues, sniffling back a bit. It breaks you down so much that you forget who you are. She wipes away her tears and turns to look at me. And when you jump back into another relationship, no matter how healthy and loving, you rebuild yourself around your new partner, you know? You end up feeling loved and cherished by them, but you still feel incomplete with yourself. Yeah. So I would tell myself I was happy. How could I not be, right? She smiles and raises her eyebrows. You probably know what I mean. They're idols and everyone wants them. Everyone thinks they're perfect, but they're just regular guys. (laughs) He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Run him over with your car. (laughs) We both giggled together. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so I would do anything and everything to keep the relationship going. I loved him so much, and my biggest fear was losing him. I couldn't go back home. My ex was there. My sister was still missing. My mom had passed away, and I hadn't heard from my dad since I was little. Yeonjun was literally all I had. I'm ashamed to say it because we're all supposed to be strong, independent, badass women, but I was broken and depended on him 100%. There's nothing to be ashamed of, Sammy, I whisper and take her hand, noticing how she's fighting back tears. You did what you had to do. You are strong and badass. Yeonjun's a great guy and he took care of you, but you did that too. You took care of yourself too. I guess I did, but my entire life revolved around him and his career. I had a job, but I couldn't tell my coworkers about my personal life. I tried to make friends, but I could never get close with them. I mean, how do you build a friendship with someone if you can't share such a significant part of your life with them? I was so lonely, and I lost myself completely. Sounds familiar, I scoff, looking down at my hands. That's exactly how I felt when Subin debuted. 
Exactly. We leave pieces of ourselves behind to make room for them because they require so much. And it's not their fault. That's how the industry is. She trails off and takes a deep breath in and looks at me, her lips pressed into a thin smile. I nod and stare out the window. The white billowy clouds hide behind the mountains and high rises. I guess that's why I couldn't handle it. I wasn't willing to let go of myself like that. And that's fine. You didn't do anything wrong either. Sammy responds, putting a hand on my lap. You chose yourself over him because that's what you needed at the time. Yeah, it was such a big change, you know? From seeing him every day to all of a sudden only seeing him once a month, I felt like I wasn't important to him, like he didn't love me anymore. But he did, she smiles and takes my hand. The fact that you two reconnected after so many years is beautiful. I think he loves you very much, Dunby. But it's hard for them, too. They have to figure out how to balance their career with their relationships. They're pulled in so many different directions all the time, and it's hard for them. They lose themselves, too. Yeah, you're right, I nod and gaze down at her manicured nails, her wedding ring, the gold bracelet on her wrist. I think about the two of us in this beautiful apartment, watching the clouds hide behind the mountains and wonder. Does it get easier? She smiles and nods slightly. I think it does. You just have to find ways to prioritize each other's needs. It's a give and take, but it gets easier with time. She shoots me a warm smile and squeezes my hand. You two love each other, so you'll figure it out. I smile and glance down at my lap. My head feels heavy with thoughts and we fall silent again. I feel bad for what I said to her. Of course she's not perfect. No one is. She made her choices and I made mine, and we both had to live with the consequences. I'm sorry for what I said to you, I whisper, glancing up at her to see a soft smile on her face. Her hand stays on mine, holding me there. Can I ask you something? Mm-hmm, she nods. Do you still feel incomplete with yourself? She pauses to consider her answer and takes a deep breath in. No, I don't think so, she smiles and looks at me. I don't know if I'll ever feel whole, not because I'm unhappy or anything, but because life changes so much, you know? But I'm very close. She smiles proudly and rubs her hand over her belly. And this little one is helping me put myself back together. We both giggle and I turn to face her, putting my elbow over the headrest. I can't imagine having a baby right now. I shake my head and watch her resting her mug over her belly. But I can tell you and Yunjun are really excited about it. Yeah, we really are. She shoots me a wide smile and she looks down at her lap. But he was actually very hesitant to start a family so soon. Really? He seems so, I don't know, ready. Like he's been <laughs> waiting to become a dad his entire life, I say. And we both giggle together. I know, but he took some convincing. She smiles and stares off into the living room. He worried a lot about having enough time for us, about missing out on special moments because of his schedule. She tilts her chin up and looks at me. Fair, I raise my eyebrows with a nod. But she turns to me suddenly, her eyes bright. But you know that feeling you get when you're really sure about something? I nod along silently. That feeling you get deep inside you. You feel it in your bones. That's how I felt about having a baby. She smiles and rubs her hands over her belly. I think that's how Yunjun felt when he told me we should get married. She giggles and looks at me again. I didn't think I was ready either, but we both took a leap of faith and here we are. We trusted each other. She takes a deep breath in and adjusts her position to be more comfortable. Just then, her phone starts buzzing and we turn our attention to the kitchen counter. She smiles apologetically and scoots forward on the sofa, straining to push herself up with her fists. I'll get it for you, I offer, as she stands up between the sofa and the coffee table, smoothing down her sweater and pulling her pants back over her waist. No, it's okay. I need to keep moving, she laughs and waddles over to the kitchen to pick up her phone. She smiles and leans forward on the kitchen counter. Hi, baby. No, she's here with me. Yeah, we're just talking. No, tell Subin she's fine. I got her, okay? <laughs> All right, baby. Love you too. Bye. She hangs up the phone and walks back to me. Subin's been worried about you, she announces and plops down next to me again, shooting me a smile. Yeah, he's probably been sending me a bunch of text messages. I sigh and cross my arms, leaning my head back on the sofa. Are you still planning to go back to Busan? She asks, raising her eyebrow. Huh? 
I saw you looking at train tickets in the taxi, she giggles and nudges me with her elbow. I mean, I laugh nervously and look down at my lap. I don't think I should, right? I raise my eyebrow and peek at her out of the corner of my eye. She tilts her head with a smile. You love him, don't you? I smile and drop my gaze back down to my lap. More than anything. Then trust him, Danvi. You know him better than any of us. What's your gut telling you? I pause to think. If I'm not meant to be with him, then with who? My mind floods with memories again, just like it did when I sat on the bench outside of his office. The way he blushed when we held hands for the first time. How his lips felt when he kissed me in my room. Two kids taking a leap of faith with each other. It's him. It's always been him. And now we're switching to Subin's point of view. Ooh. Red roses, pink roses. Just pick one, Subin. Yunjun nudges me with his elbow. We have to pay for these. Sammy's waiting. He holds up the shopping basket full of soft drinks and snacks and tips his head toward the registers. But Danby likes white roses, Hyung. <laughs> <Aww. Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> then how about those white flowers over there? He tips his chin to the flowers over the corner of the stand. They look like white roses. The peonies, I wonder as I reach for them. The large white blooms fit perfectly in the palm of my hand. Their fresh, sweet aroma wafts into my nose. Yeah, those are really nice. She'll like them. Yeonjun responds, leaning to the side to look past my shoulder while I grab two bouquets from the shelf. You got them? Yeah, let's go. They're good, right? Sammy loves peonies, Yeonjun says, staring at the flowers in my hand as we quickly head down the aisle. Yeah, they're good enough. I just hope she'll like them, I mumble. Yeonjun stops walking suddenly and turns to look at me, straight in the eye. Subin, she will love them. Stop downing yourself and just go for it. Hyung, I know, but I'm just scared to fuck it up again. Yeonjun puts his basket down and plants both of his hands on my shoulders. Subin, look at me. I keep my chin down but turn my gaze up to him. His dark brown eyes stare into mine intensely. The only way you can fuck it up is if you keep pretending everything is okay when she's clearly hurting. I know you're scared to talk about the past, but you have to talk about it. I nod and look down at the floor. Do you know what it means for a girl who broke up with you two years ago to give you another chance and do it long distance? He asks, raising his eyebrows as he looks at me with a smile. Yeah, it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal, he laughs and squeezes <laughs> my shoulders. Okay? Yeah, I nod and give him a small smile. All right, then let's go. He lets go of my shoulders and picks up the basket again. There are three hungry guys and one very hungry pregnant lady at my house waiting for me to bring them food, so come on. He turns around and heads back down the aisle. Hyung, wait! I pull on his shoulder and he turns around, looking a little annoyed. I just wanted to say thank you for helping me with this. I know you and Sammy Nuna weren't expecting to have the guy stay over tonight, but I really appreciate it. He smiles and puts his hand on my shoulder again. I think it's the least we can do, okay? Now come on. And that's the end of this chapter. Oh. <laughs> The way Sammy and Yeonjun are pulling these people together. <laughs> yeah. Being like, you're both being stupid and young. <laughs> Just relax. Listen to mother. Uh -huh. <laughs> Part 9, Subin's Pop. My hands shake as I type the code to unlock our door. It beeps and I push it open with my shoulder while I pull her suitcase in through the entrance. Baby, I call out into the dark hallway, peeling my shoes off with my feet so I don't ruin the peonies in my hand. I got your suitcase from the hotel, and I also got you some. I look up and see her petite frame leaning against the wall. The sleeves of her sweater pulled up over her fists. Her eyes are tired. Hi, Bunny. I smile and step towards her, holding the peonies in my hand. She glances down at them and gives me a small smile. You got me flowers. Yeah, I hold them up, shifting my gaze between her and the blooms in my hand. I wanted to get you white roses, but they didn't have any. She reaches out to touch one of them, her fingertips grazing the white petals gently. It's okay, Bunny. She glances up at me with a tired smile. I like peonies, too. 
I chuckle nervously, feeling somewhat relieved, but I get the sense that she's holding back. Baby, I wanted to say I'm sorry. We should put them in water, she interrupts, still looking at the flowers. <laughs> Peonies don't last long. That'd be, wait, but she walks away towards the living room and into the kitchen. You. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, instant karma, sir. <laughs> Do you have a vase? She calls out, turning over her shoulder. I swallow back slightly and rub the back of my neck. Yeah, um, I think there's one over the sink. She doesn't say anything, but I see her from across the living room getting on her tiptoes to reach for the vase above her head. Wait, let me help you. No, I got it. She calls out. The tip of her middle finger barely reaches the bottom of the vase, so she jumps up. <laughs> Baby, wait, it's going to fall. But as soon as she reaches it, it tips over the edge and falls on the floor, shattering into a million little pieces. Oh, no. Shit. Dambi, be careful. Don't move. But just as she steps away from the shattered glass, I hear it crunching under her foot. <laughs> She hisses and is about to step back again, but I grab her and pull her up on the counter. Girl, what are you doing? I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Shit, baby, you have to be careful. Are you okay? I panic and look down at her foot. A small trail of blood flows from the bottom of her arch to her heel. You're bleeding. I shift my gaze up to her face and see she's crying. Baby, it's okay. Don't cry. I'll fix it. But she sobs quietly, her hands gripping the edge of the counter in terror. I realize I'm still holding the peonies, so I put them down on the counter next to her and walk to the closet, careful not to step on the scattered shards of glass on the floor. I'll fix it for you, baby. Don't worry. Where's the first aid kit? I look frantically inside the shelves, moving <laughs> dusty cans out of the way until I find a small blue block. A <laughs> <laughs> blue blazer black. Blue blazer black. <laughs> a small blue box. Here it is. I pull it out and open it up. Let's clean you up first. She whimpers and I turn to her, her tear-soaked cheeks flushed pink. Vinny, I'm scared. I know, baby. It's okay. Remember what we did last time? I smile at her reassuringly, tearing the alcohol wipe open. She nods and gulps back her tears. You grab my arm as hard as you can, okay? You squeeze it really hard. I take her foot and lift it up to look at the cut. The gash isn't too deep and there aren't any pieces of glass stuck to her skin, but there's a lot of blood. I'll clean it up, wipe it clean, and wrap it up, okay? She nods again, biting her bottom lip. Her entire body trembles as she sees the blood drip onto the floor. Baby, look at me. She nods again and slowly shifts her gaze back to me. You're okay. It's not bad. She nods quickly and swallows hard. I'll take care of you, okay? Okay, she mumbles, sniffling back her tears. All right, put your foot up on your knee. Yeah, just like that. You see, it's not too bad. I smile at her and she nods, exhaling softly. Okay, now grab my arm. The alcohol will sting a bit, so you squeeze, so you squeeze really hard, okay? Ready? I raise my eyebrows. She grabs my left bicep with both hands and I wait for her to give me a nod. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, squeeze. I press the wipe on the gash and she squeezes my arm really hard, wincing as I wipe it up and down the bottom of her foot. Good, just a little more. She keeps her eyes closed and jaw clenched, digging her nails into my arm. All right, good. The worst part is over. I smile and lean down to make sure everything is cleaned up. You okay? Yeah, she mumbles, nodding quickly, but keeping her eyes closed. I know how terrified she is. Baby, I'm right here. I reach for her hand and give it a squeeze. Let me get some gauze and medical tape, okay? She nods and keeps her eyes closed, tears streaming down her face. All right. I rip the gauze open and place it on the gas. She winces in pain. Sorry, baby, just a little more, okay? She nods and the gauze soaks up the blood immediately. I hold it there with one hand and rip pieces of medical tape off with my teeth, carefully placing them around the gauze until it's taped in place. 
She grabs my arm the entire time, pressing her fingernails into my muscles. My skin feels hot, and I know she'll leave marks, but I don't care as long as it helps her cope. You okay, baby? I ask her, noticing how she's opened her eyes now. They're pink and blotchy from her tears. She nods silently while I caress her knee. You're doing really good. We just have to wrap it up and then we'll be done, okay? I put her foot down and look behind me at the first aid kit, searching for the self-adhesive bandage, but I can't find it. It's here, bunny. She pipes up with the smallest voice. I turn around and see her holding it in her hand as she sniffles back some more sobs. Oh, I giggle and take it from her. Thank you. I grab her foot and put it up on her knee again. Let's see. I pull the bandage roll open and wrap it around her foot a few times, making sure the gauze will stay in place. Is that too tight? She shakes her head no, still holding onto the edges of the counter. I rip the bandage off with my teeth and press it down so it adheres to itself. All right, all done. I grin at her and caress her knee. You did really good, baby. Does it still hurt? She nods silently and tips her chin down, gazing at the floor. So I turn around to look through the medicine cabinet. I think we have some painkillers here. But as soon as I start rummaging through the drawer, I hear her crying again. Baby, I can't find any, but I'll run to the pharmacy really quick and... But her whimpers get louder, so I turn around to see her slumped over her lap, sobbing into her hands. Danby, baby, come here. I wrap her in my arms, her shoulders trembling against my chest. You're okay. But she sobs, her tears staining the gray fabric of my sweater, so I cradle her, pressing my chin over her head, holding her as close as I can. It's okay, baby, I'm here. Binny, she stammers into my sweater, her body shaking. I'm sorry. For what? For all of this, she sobs, I feel so stupid. I pull away to look at her. Why, baby? But she stays silent, just gazing down at her lap, so I move her tear-soaked hair out of her face. Danby, remember the first time this happened? In P.E. class? I smile <laughs> a bit and she nods. Yeah, she mutters, sniffling back a bit. I was so scared. And what did I do? Did I make fun of you or ignore you? No, she giggles quietly. You picked me up and carried me to the nurse's office even though I could walk. Then why do you feel stupid, baby? I lean forward, my forehead grazing hers just a bit. But she stays quiet and looks down at her lap, fiddling with her fingers. Did that dumb guy you were with before make fun of you for it? She nods, pressing her lips together into a frown. Gross. I know. <laughs> Some people don't like blood. I know. <laughs> Well, he's an idiot. There's nothing wrong with you, baby. You're just a little scared of blood. That's it. I giggle and take her hand. A little? She raises her eyebrows and looks at me, her lips curling up to a smile. I'm crying like a baby over a little <laughs> bit of blood. She laughs and looks back down at her lap. And that's okay. I smile and tuck a piece of her hair back behind her ear. I can handle it. I cup her face in my hand and lean in closer. I can handle all of it, baby. Okay? She nods quickly and smiles, averting her gaze, but I see her beautiful eyes and the rosiness of her cheeks, and I just want to kiss her. Bambi? She hums in response and looks up at me, her big brown eyes glistening. I love you. She smiles and glances down at my lips for a split second, her body inching towards me just a bit. I love you too, bunny. I love you, I whisper again, grazing her lips with mine, feeling how her hair slips through my fingers. More than anything, baby. Her warm breath fans over my skin and she snakes her arm around my waist, pulling me closer. Her lips part just a bit and I can't hold back anymore, so I kiss her, softly, gently, feeling every inch of her. So wild and so perfect, just the way she is. She slides her tongue over my bottom lip, kissing me slowly, passionately. The girl I've loved since I was a kid. The one I've thought about since I knew what love was. The only one for me. I grab her thighs and wrap them around my waist. Her hands tangle around my hair. 
be my one and only baby. She traces her fingers down the slope of my jaw, my only one. My hand cradles her lower back. Hers tug at the belt around my waist. I pull her hips toward me, grinding against her softly as we let our bodies tangle together. I can't take it anymore. I lift her off the counter and carry her out of the kitchen, her smiling lips staying on mine as I let my feet lead us back to my bedroom. I drop her on the bed, planting one hand firmly by her head. We've done this so many times since we got back together, but it feels different this time, like something has opened up between us. Our faces are close, breathing hard in the same space. Her lips tug at mine desperately, unwilling to let me go. I push her knee up and grind against her, my pants feeling tighter and tighter with each thrust. She runs her nails down the back of my neck, feeling my boner between her legs. Benny, take it off, she whispers in my ear. I lean over her, pressing a kiss on her jaw before peeling off my sweater and tossing it on the floor. She watches me with a small smile on her face, giggling as she reaches for the button of her jeans. Yours too, baby? I giggle with her, pulling at the waistband of her jeans. She nods and bites her lip, reaching her hand into her panties while I peel her pants off and toss them behind me. The side of her bare legs, the shape of her fingers inside her underwear, moving up and down as her knees splay out to the sides. It's just... Fuck. I pull her by the hips and drape her legs over my shoulders. Her bare skin feels so warm it makes me shiver. My eyes fixate on hers as I skate my lips up and down her inner thighs, pressing them into her skin as I inch my way up between her legs little by little. Her body tenses in anticipation. Her whimpers and moans get louder and needier, traveling through her until I press my face into her core, stroking my nose against her clit. Bunny. I pull her panties to the side and sweep my tongue through her. Fuck. A string of moans escapes her lips and she melts into the sheets. My tongue waves between her lips until I reach her clit, resting the tip against it so softly before flicking it back and forth. Oh my god, Subin, she moans and arches her back, tangling her fingers in my hair with one hand while the other reaches behind her to grab the sheets. Yes, baby, yes, right there. I moan against her core, making her legs vibrate. Her whole body is pulsing in time with my tongue. I know she's close. Don't stop, she gasps, her breathing hitching as it turns into a loud moan. Fuck, baby, yes. She trembles against my mouth, her body tensing into the sheets. The pain on my scalp intensifies her fingers digging into it until she catches her breath and throws her head back, gasping for air. You're so good at that, she laughs and drops her arm over her head. God. I smirk and wipe my mouth with the back of my wrist. It's so sexy when you come like that. She giggles, her chest still heaving up and down. She then lifts her head up a bit and looks down at my crotch. Jesus, bunny, good thing you made me come already. She sits up and giggles into her hand. My eyes get big and I look down at my boxers. The fabric stretches over my erection, the tip sitting right below my hip. She bites her lip and scoots closer, reaching her hand to touch it. You won't have to go slow this time. She slides her tongue between her lips and pulls out my boner, turning her gaze up to me. You're going to fuck me good with this big cock? Yes, baby, I mutter, my eyes bored into her. She smiles and squeezes me, lowering her lips down. How do you want me, bunny? She asks, keeping her mouth open to lick my tip. Fuck. Her eyes stay on mine as she laps her tongue over my cock, looking at it like a lollipop. I gulp back. Do you want to fuck me? She asks again, her voice small and soft. Or should I just suck you off? My teeth dig into my bottom lip, and she closes her eyes to take me a little deeper. The way her lips feel is making it hard to speak, but I know what I want. I reach for her, spreading my fingers through her hair. Baby. Hmm? I lean down and push her chin up so she looks at me. I want you over there. I tip my chin over to the wall behind her. On your knees. She gives me a look and turns around to crawl back on all fours. I settle behind her, pulling the sheets out of the way before I place my hand on the small of her back and pull her soaked panties down her thighs, revealing her glistening core. I pull her sweater up and grip her hips hard between both hands, holding her tight. Her body jolts as my dick slips between her thighs, bumping her clit before entering her. 
Fuck, Subin. Is it okay? She nods, moaning between her lips as she grips the wall to steady herself. Yes, baby. It feels good. She gives me a small smile and drops her head back between her arms. Fuck. I push in and out of her, matching her rhythm. That raw ache I feel when we have sex is there, splitting me open, more intense with each of my thrusts. Sweat gathers on her lower back, the heat of my breath on her neck. She turns her head so that our lips are almost touching and I pull her hair. She whimpers and closes her eyes. Fuck, baby. Touch yourself, I command in her ear. She nods and gulps back, reaching her hand between her legs. Her moans get louder as she rubs circles around her clit. I feel the pressure of her fingers every time I thrust inside. Just like that. Good. I let go of her hip and place it over her hand, the one circling her clit. The added pressure of my grip, the dominance of it, that tips her over the edge again and she starts trembling around me. Fuck, yes, baby. I encourage her, hissing through my teeth as she comes undone on my dick. I thrust harder and faster through her orgasm. Her soft whimpers become louder and she clenches around me tightly, collapsing against the wall, pressing her cheek against it as I finish inside her. God, baby, that was incredible, I exhale, breathing against her neck. I throw my arms around her and pull her into my chest, feeling her heart beating as we both slow down our breathing and collapse back on the mattress. She smiles and watches me out of the corner of her eye, her long black hair cascading over the side of her face. I press my face into the back of her neck and take in her scent, our bodies tangling together, sticky, breathing hard. Was that okay for you? I whisper in her ear. She scoots back against my chest and nestles her hands under her chin. Yeah, it was, she says, her voice soft but satisfied. It was great, Bunny. That's good, I smile and close my eyes, feeling her shoulders rising and falling against my chest as her breathing becomes steady. You sleepy, baby? She nods silently and makes herself into a little ball nestling into the sheets. All right, then you sleep and I'll go clean up the kitchen, okay? I whisper, pecking her softly on the temple. How's your foot? It's fine. It doesn't hurt. I push myself off the mattress and plant my hand on her arm, leaning over her shoulder to look at her. Well, if you need me, just call me, okay? Yes, Bunny, she nods again, this time opening her eyes to look at me over her shoulder. Thank you, she puckers her lips and I peck her softly, pulling the sheets up over her shoulder before scooting over to the edge of the bed. I pick up my boxers and pants off the floor and hear Danby inhale deeply. I turn to watch her, pulling my boxers over my hips. Her hair falls gently over her back as she exhales out again. I wish I could stay in bed and doze off with her, holding her in my arms, but the guys will probably be back first thing tomorrow morning, and the kitchen floor is still covered in glass. I ruffle my hair back in place as I step into my slippers, closing the door to the bedroom before ambling over to the kitchen. There's glass everywhere. Most of the larger pieces are in a small pile in front of the sink where the vase fell, but some of the smaller ones have scattered as far as the dining table. I take a deep breath in and pull the broom out of the closet. Moving the dining chairs out of the way, I lean down to reach the broom as far as I can, pulling all the dust and shards of glass out towards my feet. I then sweep deep under the counters, making sure I've collected all the pieces before pushing them all in a pile in the middle of the kitchen. I lean the broom against the wall and grab the handheld vacuum cleaner, squatting over the pile of glass. The vacuum hums loudly, but it doesn't drown over the buzzing in my head. Danby, how today felt like a complete disaster. How I had to leave her this morning, upset and alone. How I completely fucked up at lunch. How I let her run off by herself instead of chasing after her. The string of miscommunication and misunderstandings that led to this moment. The peonies, the shattered glass <laughs> on the floor, the cut on her foot, and me trying to clean it all up. I sigh and wet my forehead. I just hope she's not mad at me anymore. Just then I hear footsteps by the door. I turn over my shoulder and see her there, leaning against the doorway, wearing the big sweater I had on earlier. Hi, Bunny. I stand up, leaving the vacuum on the floor. Baby, did I wake you up? You didn't need to walk here. No, I'm fine, Bunny, she smiles, pushing a strand of hair back behind her ear. 
She crosses her arms and drops her head on the wall. I just missed you. I couldn't sleep. I give her a little pout and wrap my arms around her. I'm almost done, I say, pecking her softly on the head. I'll be there in a few minutes, okay? She nods against my chest. Her hands feel cold against my skin. What about the flowers? She asks, peeking over my arm. I turn over my shoulder and realize the peonies are still on the counter, wrapped up in the brown paper from the store. We have to put them in water, otherwise they'll wilt, she explains, looking up at me. Do you have another vase? I shake my head. No, we just had the one. How about we use one of the bowls you use for baking, she asks, her eyes looking a little brighter. I can trim the stems so the flowers sit on the rim of the bowl instead of spilling out. Hmm, all right, we can try it. I smile and grab her by the waist. Come on, you gotta get off your feet. I lift her up and she yelps with a giggle. Subin, it's okay. But I sit her down on the counter next to the sink, shooting her a smile. There, that's better. She smiles back and pulls the sweater back down over her thighs. Okay, let's get the bowl. I squat down to get it out of the cabinet, bringing it to her while she takes the peonies and pulls open the drawer next to her legs, fishing out a pair of scissors. Fill it up about halfway, she says, taking the flowers on her lap to pull off some of the excess leaves. I fill it up with water and set the bowl down next to her, watching her as she carefully tears off some of the leaves. Her hair falls down over her shoulder, covering the sides of her face, but she tucks it behind her ear and places the leaves gently on the countertop next to her. You know, there's a poem about peonies that I really like, she says, taking the scissors and cutting the stem off the first flower. I shake my head no as I pull myself up over the counter to sit next to her. She turns to look at me, giving me a small smile. The writer observes the peonies growing in her garden, she explains, taking the flower and dipping it into the bowl, its heavy white petals resting perfectly over the edge. She writes about their beauty, bravery, and recklessness. She pauses and then glances up at me, but I can't decipher the look on her face. And then she asks the reader. At this, she glances back down at the peonies on her lap. Do you run outside and gather the flowers into your arms and love them in that wild and perfect moment? Or do you wait for them to become nothing forever? She tips her chin up to look at me, searching my face. My heartbeat quickens as she holds my gaze for what feels like an eternity. But just as I'm about to speak, she gazes back at her lap, caressing the big white petals in her hand. You know I love you, baby, I whisper, interlacing my fingers with hers. I bring her hand over to my lap. Her fingers are cold, but I hold it there, looking at it. The bracelet I gave her on Valentine's Day. The thin silver ring she wears on her fingers. The same hands I longed to hold as soon as I realized I was in love with her. I love you more than anything, Danby. She stays silent, gently caressing her thumb over mine, so I lean down to look at her. Baby. I know today was hard, but just because we had one bad day doesn't mean it'll always be like this. One bad day? She repeats, laughing a little bit as she drops her head on my shoulder. Subin, I think today was more than just a one bad day. What do you mean? I turn to her, panic rising in my chest, but she stays silent, her head heavy on my shoulder. I just wonder how much longer we can do this. Baby, I'm in this for the long run. I don't see any future without you in it. Yeah, but do you understand what that means, Subin? She finally looks at me, her eyes searching me. Bambi, I'm sorry about everything that happened today. It was just one misunderstanding after another, and I... Subin, it was more than that, she says, her voice getting louder. It was the stress we've both been under to make this work. It was the weight of the expectations we put on each other because we're long distance and want things to be perfect all the time. It was the pressure we feel to brush things under the rug because we're too scared to screw it up again. She then turns her gaze back down to her lap. I just don't see how we can keep doing this. The distance is hard. Maybe we should take a break until I can make enough money to move here. Or you can... My eyes get big and I turn to her all the way. 
take a break? Baby, are you serious? I laugh nervously, but she just looks at me, her eyebrows raised. Bambi, no, absolutely not. I shake my head vehemently as my eyes fixate on a spot on the floor, noticing a tiny piece of glass is still there. Subin, baby, there's absolutely no way we're taking a break, I say again, but I hear my voice break and I feel the tears prickling my eyes. Please, bunny, don't cry. But I can't hold the tears anymore. It's all coming back. Zambi, please don't. Don't do this to me again. Binny, she whispers, wiping a tear off my cheek. I turn to look at her and see she's in just as much pain as I am. I don't want to take a break either, but this isn't sustainable, she explains, leaning down to look at me. Believe me, I want this to work more than anything, but I can't afford to move to Seoul. And if I can't deal with the distance now, how do you think it'll be when you guys go on your world tour? I don't think I can handle that, being away from you for so many months. You being in a different time zone, us not talking for days or weeks. Her voice becomes urgent and full of anxiety. No, I'm not losing her again. Baby, then move to Seoul. Come on tour with me. I don't care if people see us in public or if fans see me singing to you from the stage. I don't care about any of that. I just want you in my life. She raises her eyebrows and looks at me. Subin, I, I'm serious, Dambi. You can move in with us. You can have Yeonjun's room if you want to have your own space. Or I can help you pay to rent your own place, but I'm serious. Yeonjun's room? She laughs, covering <laughs> her mouth with her hand. Bunny, I'd stay in your room, not Yeonjun's room. <laughs> That's fine, too. I laugh with her. I just don't want you to feel pressured to live with me if you're not ready. But if us living in different cities is a deal breaker for you, then that's something I can fix. She stays silent, looking at me with those big brown eyes. A small smile appears on her lips, and for the first time today, I feel a sense of relief watch over me. I watch her smile become wider. My palms get sweaty. Do you wait for them to be nothing forever? She squeezes my hand and drops her head back on my shoulder, the bouquet of peonies still on her lap. Will you really sing to me from the stage? <laughs> or do you love them in that wild and perfect moment? I'll sing to you every day, baby. And that's the end of this chapter. Oh my god, and that stressed me out for a second. Yeah, back. me too. I was like, girl, no. Don't no. do it. The way I would fall to my knees if Subin told me, <laughs> I'll sing to you every day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd want that set up. I'll take that. Okay, so here we are at the epilogue of Hometown. It's called Moving In. <laughs> ah, oh my god. And of course, this is the epilogue, but don't forget, we mentioned it last episode. Yes. That Sailor Tafix continues with these characters, so there are plenty of one-shots on their Instagram. And we're starting in Danvi's point of view. KTX, Gyeongbu, arriving at Seoul Station. Please exit on the left. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I take my backpack and throw it over my shoulder, grabbing onto the headrest of my seat to maneuver my way out of the aisle. I always tense coming into Seoul Station. The way people get up as soon as the conductor announces our arrival and then push their way out of the train to then zigzag their way through the crowd stresses me out. But it's not just that. The last time Subin and I broke up, we were here. We spent the weekend together. I remember how that Friday, as soon as I finished my homework, I made my way to the train station, nerves coursing through my veins. Subin and I hadn't seen each other in almost a month, but they had a short break after their runaway promotions, and he asked me to spend the weekend with him in Seoul. I hesitated because I had no idea what to expect. Would he notice that I was feeling off? Would he do anything about it? It was November. The sky was gray and the air was cold. 
and I just knew that this would be the last weekend we would spend together. We had a fight on our way to Seoul Station that Sunday. I knew that this was it. It was over. But everything pulled me into the small sliver of hope that remained. Because even after all the crying and arguing and fighting, he still had held my hand. He still put his arm around me. He still smiled and kissed me and said we'd be okay. I sobbed trying to get the words out, wishing with everything in me that we could still make it work. I wondered out loud if maybe in another life we would be in love and have it all. I could picture us a thousand ways and none of them were this. But now that I'm back here in this space that holds so many bittersweet memories, I see one of those pictures unfolding before me. Subin in his black face mask, dark smiling eyes, zigzagging through the crowds of people commuting through the station. My heart beating fast, sweaty palms gripping the handle on my suitcase, nerves coursing through my veins, not because I'm dreading our inevitable end, but because the platform falls away and it's just me and him and that other life I dreamed of. Time skip. Subin's bed is a pile of clothes covered in dresses, jeans, and sweaters in every color, but mostly blue, lots of blue. The movers arrived from Busan a few hours before I did and left all my boxes in Subin's room. The chaos of it would normally stress me out, but standing here in a room full of our stuff, figuring out how to make my things fit with his, I just want to jar it all up. His walls are bare except for some slogan posters from fans and a couple pictures of us taped to the wall. <laughs> so a week before I moved in, I ordered some shelves and picture frames. <laughs> <laughs> I told Subin to wait for me to hang them up, but now we're not sure if we can nail anything to the wall. Baby, he pops his head through the door, pushing his glasses up, his pouty lips parted. Hmm? I, um, I don't think we can put that there. He points to the oak shelf I'm holding over our bed. I just asked Taehyun, and he said our landlord doesn't let us nail anything to the wall. What about double-sided tape? Subin steps through the door and closes it. I pull his salt and pepper flannel back over my shoulder and step down from the bed. It's over there on the desk. I point to it. He raises his eyebrows and hands it to me. The scissors too, please. I grin. Thanks. You sure that's gonna hold it up? He asks while I cut two long strips of tape. Mm-hmm. I nod, removing the paper cover on one side and taping it to the shelf. I used this in my apartment, too, and it held up, so... I remove the cover on the other side of the strip and hop back on the bed. Is it straight? Subin steps back a bit and squints his eyes. Raise it up a bit on the left. Yeah, there. Okay, I press the shelf into the wall, making sure every bit of tape is on the concrete. There. It's done, he asks, reaching his hand up to the shelf. He presses down and wiggles it in an attempt to test the strength of tape, but it doesn't budge. You see? I grin, hopping down from the bed. We can put all my books there and it won't move. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I giggle and I grab his arm. Now, can you help me move the bed over there? I point to the corner adjacent to the window. It's a little bit heavy for me. What? Why? I think it'll be better there, Bunny. That way we can wake up with the sunlight, you know? But I like my bed here. That way I can check on Odie at night and stuff. Oh. Yeah, but that corner is so dark. And you can still check on Odie from over there. It's not that far. Maybe we can move his cage, too. But he likes that spot, baby. You know how picky he can be sometimes, and I don't want him to get anxious. We're already going to be away for a whole month, and I don't want to stress him out. And I chuckle and take his hand. All right, all right. We'll leave the bed where it is, okay? I just thought you'd like the idea, so... No, it's not a bad idea, he laughs, glancing down at his feet, shooting me a timid smile. I just... You just what? I smirk, getting closer to him. But I know by the way he's smiling that the thoughts are all jumbled in his head. What's the matter, bunny? Nothing, he laughs, rubbing the back of his neck. I'm just... I can't believe we're actually doing this. The softness in his eyes makes me want to melt with him. Pull his hand to me and kiss him. Hide out in this room and make love until we both can't anymore. So I step closer to him, his oversized flannel drooping down my shoulder as I wrap my arms around his waist. I'm so happy I did, Vinny, I grin, tipping my chin up to look at him. You sure? It's not too chaotic? He asks, his eyes shifting down to the floor and then to me. I shake my head. Nope, not at all. It's perfect. I'm glad, he sighs out with his dimpled smile and then lowers his voice a bit. And, um, is it okay that we don't, you know, 
have a lot of privacy? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I giggle, inching a bit closer, pressing my body to his just a bit. All of you except Kai had girlfriends here and done the deed, so what's the big deal? <laughs> Poor Kai. I know. <laughs> Hello? Where's Kai's storyline? I don't know, he laughs, rubbing the back of his neck. I know you don't mind, but I, I just don't want you to have any regrets about moving in with me. I don't, Bunny, I promise. Now come here. I reach my hands up to his face and pull him down, mumbling into his cheek between kisses. I'm so happy <laughs> we live together, okay? He giggles, scrunching his shoulder up to his ear. You're tickling me. I laugh and let him go, motioning to the empty wall next to the door. All right, let's go back to business. What do you think about putting my wardrobe over there? He scratches up his nose, crossing his arms. Hmm, I think that's a good spot. Yeah, the one I found is kind of tall, so you'd be reaching... <laughs> So you'd be on reaching duty most days. I nudge him with my elbow, shooting him my sweetest smile. Can you do that for me, Bunny? He smiles and bites his lip, wrapping his arms around me to pull me to his chest. You know I love to be on reaching duty for you, baby. This reminds me of my boyfriend's apartment because <laughs> him and his roommate are very tall. So all of their plates are on the top <laughs> shelf. I cannot reach the plates. <laughs> and it's so sad. I snake my arms around his waist. Do you? You like that I'm small, huh? Mm-hmm. He hums in my ear, making me feel ticklish. You're so cute and fun-sized. The way he's holding me, giggling in my ear, brings up memories of the mornings we've woken up in his bed, our bodies tangled together, just wishing for a few more minutes. So I slip my hand in his back pocket and look up at him, lowering my voice. You're cute too, bunny. I give him a squeeze, his muscles firm and round. But you're not so fun-sized. We giggle together as he inches closer, cupping my face in his hand, lowering his voice to barely a whisper. And you like that too, don't you, baby? Mm-hmm. I nod, biting my lip. I really like that, bunny. The space between us disappears, his fingers slipping through my hair. But just then, we hear someone outside. Subin Young! Bongyu knocks on the door. Why is Bongyu the one always interrupting Subin? I know. <laughs> Bongyu is always at the scene of the chaos. <laughs> Subin Young! Subin closes his eyes and takes a deep breath in. What? <laughs> Bongyu doesn't open the door. I think he knows better than that, but he also doesn't take the hint. I try not to laugh. Taehyun says he'll give me 5,000 won if I beat you in League of Legends, he laughs, knocking on the door again. Come on, I want my money. Subin closes his eyes and laughs, shaking his head while rubbing his eyes. I swear, this kid. Don't worry, I got it. I giggle, pulling the flannel over, pulling the flannel back over my shoulders. I step towards the nightstand. I pull some cash out of my wallet and open the door. Bumgyu's about to speak, but I stop him. Subin Young, shh. I press my finger to his lip and hand him the money. Here's 10,000 won to leave us alone for the rest of the day, okay? <laughs> he raises his eyebrows, glancing at me, and then looking back at Subin. You got it? Yeah, yeah, he says, giggling as he takes the 10,000 won note, holding it between his hands. You won't hear from me again until tomorrow. He winks at me and gives Subin a thumbs up, grinning from, <laughs> grinning from ear to ear while he turns around. I close the door behind me, and Subin takes my hand, pulling me to him like there's a current between us, and I can't pull away. I like it when you do that, he says, his voice barely a whisper. He links his fingers through mine, planting soft kisses on the top of my hand when you're in charge like that. Do you? I giggle softly, moving a strand of hair away from his face. His thumb moves against my skin behind my ear and I feel like I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. He inches just a bit closer, humming into my lips. It's really sexy. Then kiss me. He smirks, glancing at me for a second before crashing into my lips. His kiss sears me, his lips leaving my skin burning. His wide hand tangles in my hair, cupping the base of my skull as he backs me against the wall. My hips start opening up to him, softening against his strong body. Did you lock the door? He asks, his voice breathless. I nod and try to catch my inhale, but as soon as I open my mouth to breathe, he kisses me again, pulling his flannel down my shoulders. You had to put this on, didn't you? I smirk. I know you like it. I do, he mumbles as he slips the flannel off my shoulders and down my arms until I feel it pull at my feet. 
His lips find my neck and then my collarbone, only breaking contact to pull off my tank top before he tosses it to the floor, cold air hitting my bare chest. Fuck, baby, you're not wearing a bra. I don't usually wear a bra when I'm home. <laughs> Me. I whisper, glancing up at him. He chuckles, a quick smile appearing on his lips, like he just realized what this means. Another perk of living together, right? I giggle with him as he presses his hand over my breast. Mm-hmm. My fingers tangle up in his hair as his thumb swipes over my nipple. Fuck, you feel so good, baby. I close my eyes and drop my head on the wall. He bends down, his tongue clicking over me, lapping at my nipple until it's tight against him. He steps between me, his boner pressing into me through his sweatpants. Rocking his hips forward, he pushes against my scent, and it takes everything I have to not whimper and to not be loud. Take this off. My fingers reach desperately for the hem of his sweater, the fabric strains against his chest. Wait, I got it. He steps back for a moment to pull the sweater over his neck. I reach for him, desperate to touch his body, his muscles, the contours of his abs, the dips along his hip bones. But he grabs my wrists as if they were nothing and firmly holds them down on the wooden surface behind me. The gesture makes me throb. I thought you liked it when I was in charge, I smirk, leaning back against the wall. I do, baby. He bends down and pushes my skirt up to kiss my inner thigh, slowly and gently. I love it when you're in charge. Then why are you holding my wrists? He brings his head up from between my legs and whispers in my ear. Because you like it. His whole body weight leans against me, his chest on my chest, the length of him firm against my inner thigh. God, Bunny, I moan. Just fuck me already. I want to feel you first. He whispers again, releasing one of my wrists to slip his hand between my legs. You're shaking already. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, I gasp as he enters me with one finger. Shh. He leans into my ear, laughing quietly. They're all in the living room. I know, but fuck, Subin, I hiss, clenching my teeth, gasping for air. You're not making this easy, God. I ride his fingers, grinding my hips up to hit the spot inside of me. He kisses me to muffle my moans, his other hand snaking up my back to hold my neck, but I can't. Keep going, baby, he whispers in my ear. Good, that's good. Please fuck me, Vinny, I whimper. Okay, but be quiet. I nod silently and he steps away from me quickly, pulling his pants down. I'm so lightheaded I don't have time to react when I suddenly feel the tip of his cock brush against my inner thigh. His breath feels warm against my lips as he rubs himself against my clit, coating it with my wetness. The feeling makes me throb, my pussy clenching for him already, moaning into his mouth. He pushes into me inch by inch, quiet moans escaping my lips. He fills me up slowly until our hips meet and I gasp out loud. He watches my face for any sign of discomfort, but I don't feel any. I love being full with him. He backs out slowly and then pushes in again, a little faster this time, thrusting hard at the end. Fuck. You know... Do I find it realistic that Subin, if he has a big cock, would constantly talk about it? A little bit. I'm, I'm a little convinced. I'm, I'm a little convinced that he would talk about it, especially since it's statistically unlikely. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like maybe Korean men are even more likely to maybe. say they have a big cock yeah. if they do, in fact, have one. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. I do not know enough... I have not seen enough Korean dick to know. <laughs> uh, you love that big cock, don't you? He hisses through his teeth, pulling out again and pushing in with a thrust. I wrap my arms around his shoulders, nodding silently with my eyes closed. He slides his hands under, gripping my ass and sharpening the angle as he starts thrusting into me faster. I feel the pressure coiling at the base of my spine. I dig my nails down on his back, moaning in rhythm with his thrusts. Moan into my neck, baby, he groans, breathing through his mouth. I do my best to dig my face into his collarbone, keeping my teeth clenched and my lips closed, but he's not letting up and I don't want him to. Fuck. Don't stop. He thrusts into me harder and I bounce with him, both of us gasping for air as we try to be as quiet as possible. Fuck. Fuck. Quiet, baby, he whispers, his voice heavy as he exhales, but he keeps going, groaning through his teeth, thrusting into me over and over again, hips stuttering forward, shivers rolling up his spine as I dig my heels into the small of his back. 
Just then we hear Kai's passing laughter outside of our door. He slides knocking against the wooden floor as he walks by. Subin palms my mouth, my whimpers muffled against his palm. He kisses me on the temple and smiles. Sorry, baby, I just don't want them to hear. It's okay, I smile back, breathing hard, making soft sounds each time he bottoms out. You just fuck. <laughs> you feel so good, bunny. He smiles into my lips and kisses me softly as we fall back into our rhythm. His hips meet mine. Our soft grunts and moans fill our room, taking over the conscious part of our minds. Are you close? I nod silently, closing my eyes, opening up for him hot and tight. I move my hand to my clit, rubbing as he thrusts into me. Faster, Subin. Fuck. Yes. He bucks his hips into me, losing his rhythm now as a deeper warmth blooms over his crotch. Everything inside me feels so wet. My body shakes as I touch myself. When I cry out, Subin palms my mouth again, bucking into me harder, rolling his hips as I come undone, shuddering around him. God. I catch my breath, dropping my head back against the wall. That was so sexy, he smiles, brushing a lock of hair behind my ear as he gazes at me. You're so sexy. He bends down to press a soft kiss on my lips, his hips still stuttering into me as he draws closer to the edge. I grab him by the nape of the neck and pull him closer, connecting our foreheads. His deep brown eyes are soft but fiery, his energy focused entirely on the movements of his body and how I look beneath him. Heat spreads through the balls of his feet and the pads of his fingertips in the back of his neck. Subin speeds up, chasing his release until it finally sweeps through his body. His cock draws up tight and pulsing as he grunts, coming hard, his hips flush with my body. He collapses on me, waves of relief pouring through him as we catch our breath. That was great, Bunny. I giggle, swiping a damp piece of hair away from his forehead. His shoulders rise and fall, but he stays there, shaking, holding himself inside me, watching me with his dimpled smile. Yeah, it was. I chuckle, kissing him on the forehead. You know, this is exactly how I imagined it. Really? Yeah, I nod. You, me, and Odie over there just hiding under his blanket like, what just happened? <laughs> he bursts out laughing, covering his mouth. Baby, now I'm going to be thinking about Odie watching us. <laughs> but he's not watching us, I laugh, pointing to Odie's cage. Look at him. He wants nothing to do with this. Odie's vibing. Yeah. <laughs> he chuckles, turning over his shoulder to look at his hedgehog. I guess you're right. He then turns back to me, sliding his hands up my thighs. As long as you don't mind, he kisses me sweet and thorough, his lips lingering on mine deliciously. As long as you're happy. He stays tangled in my legs, breathing against my skin. We can do this as much as you want. Wouldn't you like that? I giggle, tangling my fingers in his, his beautiful brown eyes smiling at me like they did when they picked me up at Soul Station today. Another one of those pictures unfolding. The one where we're hiding in his room, making love like we didn't want to lose that feeling. Asking myself if he would be forever mine, and knowing the answer is yes. And that's the end. Oh my gosh. Ooh, they made it! They made it! They broke the distance! Ooh. Yay! And honestly, I just can't wait. I hope Danby and Sammy get even closer. Yeah. You know? Um... So that Sammy feels less alone. Yeah. Like, I just want her to have more friendships. I want them all to have good friendships. Yeah. Because that is hard, dating an idol. Yeah. And it to be genuine, not just friendship by proxy, you mm -hmm. know. Because <laughs> it seemed like once they explained each other, explained it to each other, that they clicked very well. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. Thanks for coming with us on this <laughs> Subin Extanvi journey. Mm -hmm. And we're going to finish off this season the way we started it which is with Yeonjun and Sam well the way we started this journey yeah they were last season yeah um by the way we started this journey with Yeonjun and Sammy we're coming full circle with our last episode of this season which is the next episode that you'll get on Wednesday it is the baby Woo! but that'll conclude this episode y'all if you'd like to catch us in between episodes you can do so at kpoppillowtalk all one word all lowercase on Instagram Twitter TikTok or Tumblr 
And if you like us and want to let us know, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other listening service that allows you to do so. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode of K-Pop Pillow Talk. I'm Millie. I'm Nods. What a hey!